Matt Schaff of DraftSharks.com here to run you through some of our biggest rankings movers of the past week. We're almost done with the final week of the preseason. As I record this, NFL teams are starting their roster cutdowns. There are some lower-level trades going on even. We'll have more movement over the next week. We've also got our week one projections and rankings hitting the site early this week. But if you still have any drafts coming up, you'll want to know about these guys who have risen or fallen in our rankings over the past week. Let's start with Jalen Warren in Pittsburgh. He played 12 snaps to Najee Harris's 16 with the first team offense through the preseason. That's a pretty tight gap for a guy whose playing time increased late last season. And it's been one of the biggest concerns with Najee Harris. If he loses more work to Jalen Warren, that clips his upside a bit. And Jalen Warren has been working in the same areas that provide upside for Najee Harris. He's catching passes. He's been in there near the goal line. So this is a concern for Najee Harris. He hasn't been a big faller in our rankings, but Jalen Warren has climbed some. There is a chance for Jalen Warren to have some standalone value in fantasy. Of course, the greatest upside for him will come if Najee Harris suffers an injury, but having some potential to be in your flex spot or a deep RB2 slot week to week makes Jalen Warren a more attractive click as you're drafting. In Cincinnati, Chris Evans looks like he might get the Samaje Pirine role this year. That role is not as big as it might seem coming off of Samaje Piran's 2022, where he got a couple starts in place of Joe Mixon. But that also highlights the upside that is connected with it. Now, Chris Evans has not done a whole lot through his first two seasons, but he entered the league as an impressive pass catcher, got some buzz at his first couple of training camps for that area of his play. And that's certainly where Samaje Piran entered the game to a frustrating degree at times, with Joe Mixon still around, Pirine's gone. They tried to re-sign him, but with no Pirine, it sounds like Chris Evans is going to be the first guy to get those chances. That shouldn't move Chris Evans way up your board in terms of handcuffs because we don't know for sure that he is going to be the guy if Joe Mixon were to go down. Chase Brown, the rookie, might still be in that mix. Travion Williams is somebody that they re-signed on the open market this year, so... I wouldn't treat it as a straight handcuff situation and draft Chris Evans as though he's going to be the Bengals lead back if Joe Mixon goes down, but it is a nice situation. It's one of the league's best offenses and Joe Mixon shows as a very high risk of injury in our injury predictor. He's got an 87% chance, according to our algorithm, of missing two plus quarters with an injury at some point this year. So that makes it worth drafting a Bengals backup and certainly at least keeping an eye on the situation in season for waivers if Joe Mixon goes down. Sean Tucker in Tampa Bay, the undrafted rookie, played better than Keyshawn Vaughn and Chase Edmonds in the preseason. That shouldn't be shocking. Neither one of those guys is all that good. It's good to see Sean Tucker making that rise, though, and that included first-team reps in practice over the past week. It's looking like Sean Tucker has a solid chance to be the number two running back in that backfield, which is shallow behind first-time starter Rashad White. So Sean Tucker becomes an interesting click to put at the bottom of your roster late in drafts this week, even if he doesn't open the season as the technical number two. If he makes the regular season roster, there's upside to him should Rashad White suffer an injury. In Washington, Terry McLaurin suffered a toe injury. It doesn't sound like it's major, but it might challenge his week one availability. So that can be a worrisome injury, especially because they're calling it turf toe, which can be one of those nagging things that even impacts a wide receiver's play once he returns. We're going to be certainly watching Terry McLaurin's status close leading up to and maybe into the season. But for now, 
his situation pushed Jahan Dotson up the board some. Now, early last season, Jahan Dotson was frustratingly close to Terry McLaurin in target share with Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback in Washington. That leaned back toward McLaurin's favor after Taylor Heineke stepped into the lineup and certainly once Jahan Dotson got hurt. Now we get our first look at Sam Howell as a starting quarterback, though. We'll see what that means for Jahan Dotson versus Terry McLaurin. But at the very least, there's upside to Dotson from an ADP that has found him outside of the top 36 for most of draft season. Jerry Judy's hamstring injury is shaking up the Denver wide receiver core. It has moved Judy down our rankings some necessarily because it sounds like there's a pretty good chance it impacts at least his week one availability. Let's hope that the hamstring injury isn't more serious than that and that he can get back pretty soon. But like with turf toe and maybe even to a greater degree, hamstring is one of those injuries that can just linger, show back up. We're going to have to watch Jerry Judy into the season, even if he's ready for week one or week two. And with Jerry Judy having that injury risk now, that increased injury risk and maybe lack of availability, there's certainly more upside to Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims. Both of them have made slight moves up our wide receiver rankings. They both make sense at cost in your drafts the rest of the way. Josh Palmer Looks like he's the number three wide receiver for now of the Chargers ahead of rookie Quentin Johnston. That's according to Daniel Popper of The Athletic. Now, I'm going to tell you a secret about that. I don't care. If you're in a league deep enough that you're looking to start the third Chargers wide receiver in week one, then this certainly matters. And maybe you should be interested in Josh Palmer. I'm not drafting Chargers wide receiver three here, though. I want upside. That's Quentin Johnston. And even if he starts the season as the fourth wide receiver, he has a lot more upside than Josh Palmer does. That's why we project players ceiling. That's why your draft war room automatically switches to upside mode for the second half of your draft, because we're not drafting roles. We're drafting upside. And that's what Quentin Johnston represents here. It's the most extreme example but remember that a couple years ago, Justin Jefferson headed into the season behind Ola B.C. Johnson on the Vikings death chart. I'm not saying Quentin Johnston is ever going to be Justin Jefferson. I am saying let's always remember that example as a reason that you don't necessarily take, uh-oh, this veteran is still ahead of rookie, ahead of upside rookie. Frankly, I hope that Quentin Johnston gets pushed down in ADP over these next couple of weeks so that I can stash him on benches and watch and see what happens with him later in the year. We'll wrap this up with Devon A-Chain of the Dolphins, who is necessarily down our rankings. The biggest thing with A-Chain at this point is the shoulder injury that knocked him out of the second preseason game. We're going to see just how long that impacts him, but that followed A-Chain not even working with the first team through the two preseason games where he did appear. That's a big knock on the rookie it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to hurt him all year or that he won't help our fantasy teams this season, but it is combined with the shoulder injury reason to worry significantly about him and to go ahead and draft Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert late in your drafts. We'll see about A-Chain's readiness. We'll see how soon he gets onto the field. And if he lingers on the board until the end of your draft, he's a fine guy to stash on your bench. Similar to what I was saying with Quentin Johnston, maybe later in the year, we get Devon A-Chain carving out a role, and delivering the upside that made the Dolphins pick him in round three. You might be wondering about Jonathan Taylor. We'll see. Is my official answer there? I have a hard time believing that Miami is going to pay what it takes to get Jonathan Taylor, both in trade cost and in contract demand, which is the thing that has him sitting out in the first place. So I'm not believing that Jonathan Taylor is going to the Dolphins until I see it happen. 
We'll see if I'm wrong. If you want to know when any of these guys make sense or should be avoided in your specific league, make sure you click the button on your screen now or click the link in the show notes to get your draft war room ready to go.